Hello, dear listener. Thank you for downloading, listening to, and streaming the Spooky Doings podcast. My name is Rick Guzman. I'm an improv comedian from New York. It's summer, it's hot as hell, and I love it. Might be the only one, and I'm fine with that. Uh, we're doing a new thing on the show for a little bit while Chelsea continues her hiatus, uh, and we send our love to her. We're going to do some stuff with guest hosts. And today we've got Ari Spencer. You might remember her from our uh, episode about the Paranormal Museum. And she's back with us today. Hello, Ari. Hello, Rick. How are you? I'm good. I've got a cold beverage. And I'm happy to chat with you. Thank you for being on the show again. I'm very happy to be here again. Thank you. Well, one of the best things about uh, asking you to be on this show is you want to talk about our topic today, which will be Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which is great because Chelsea's not a Marvel gal. So under normal circumstances, this episode probably wouldn't happen. So you're, you're a catalyst, a tastemaker, if you will. I am the maker. <sighs> Cue epic theme music. All right, then. I, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I am a technological nincompoop and uh, incapable of pulling that off, but we'll we'll add a little bit more of uh, of the ghetto. It's fine, we're we're still in the draft phase. We'll get there. This is still the me draft. We'll 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 advance as time goes on. <laughs> we can do that for you. <laughs> oh my! Yeah, that's the best I can offer uh, with my technological nincompoopery. It is greatly appreciated. I try. I try. I ain't the place. So what was it that made you want to talk about uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? Which I'm just going to change it to Doctor Strange, too, because that's a mouthful. <laughs> um, so what really drew me in was the fact that it's actually just Evil Dead 4. Yes. It yes. it starts off like the first 20 minutes are your standard Marvel formula. You got the superhero jump. You got the, oh, no, your uh, protagonist has everything in the world but is not happy inside and now has to go on this hero's journey. And then it just Sam Raimi's like, all right, now that I got your butt in the seat, you're complacent. Let's just go down into this dark, dark rabbit hole where I have the budget I always wanted for an Evil Dead movie. And I love it. Like, it has all the fun, the, like, mild gore because it still is Marvel, but, like, that kind of grotesque, um, you know, fun that Sam Raimi does whenever he gets his, you know, claws into something that's not only visually horrific, but psychologically disturbing. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. I saw a meme uh, right after this movie that was basically um, bringing a Trojan horse into the gate and had Sam Raimi and Evil Dead 4 in it inside and like the castle is Disney and inside <laughs> are the audience. And that that's precisely what it was. And that's why it's one of my favorites. Um, I thought it was one of the the most fun Marvel films. Interesting little backstory. And I'm not going to snitch and name names, uh, but I know <laughs> someone uh, who prior to the pandemic was supposed to have uh, a meeting uh, with Sam Raimi uh, to, to pitch a, his own film. Um, and uh, 
was told, okay, can't be done right now because Sam's working on Doctor Strange 2. And this was around the time <laughs> that Sam was publicly denying working on Doctor Strange 2. So as I always say, the mouse lies. The mouse will feed you misinformation uh, just because they can. Um, and, and, and I like that about them when it pays off in a way because, you know, the nerds are out there uh, expecting things to be things and they end up not being those things. And uh, I, I kind of like when it upsets them uh, to go <laughs> off on a tangent, which, you know, I frequently do. I saw Nope last night and then I was looking on the IMDb trivia about how nerds were trying to figure out or, or, or speculating on the plot of this movie just from the Super Bowl commercial, which I hadn't mm -hmm. seen. Um, and it's like, there's no plot details. Where are you coming up with this, this shit, <laughs> internet? But, you know, uh, uh, there are strange pockets of fandom I don't understand. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. There are some things that the the fandom gods are only meant to understand. That's my thought. If you don't understand it, just let it go. And if it's meant to be, the understanding will come to you. Very zen. <laughs> I'm not used to it. But I like it. Vibing and thriving. <laughs> so I like uh, that, that this movie uh, introduced America Chavez. Uh, who in this film is played by Shao-Chiel Gomez, running through the multiverse with Doctor Strange, and she don't know how to use her powers, and she's bipping and bopping along, and uh, evil forces are coming to get her. Uh, they're not deadites, but they might as well be in a roundabout kind of way. And yeah, like you said, it, it, it's the Marvel Universe. You got people with powers, but their lives ain't great. Uh, Dr. Strange's boo is marrying somebody else because he went off in the blip for five years. That'll put a damper on a relationship. <laughs> it's also, too, largely because of his own character flaws and shortcomings. Like, she she made a poignant point where she just looks him dead in the face and says, you, you always had to hold the knife, which I can respect you for, but I can't love you for it. It's just like, and that is what actually killed your relationship. And it's like, and you sit there and he has this look on his face, like his mind is just blown. And you're like, one, dude, you opened up that rabbit hole by even starting this conversation at her wedding. Two, part of you definitely knew it was coming because you're an admitted arrogant asshole. <laughs> that, too, that too. On a side note, as somebody that doesn't like weddings, um, I, I avoid them entirely just because, but most of all, I would not go to an ex's wedding because, okay, there's the groom and I seen the bride naked. So they're like, <laughs> what, what conversation are we going to have that isn't going to be? It, see, I would be the person Wait, that I would go to my ex's wedding. Like right. I, I have friends that. I dated and I would go to their wedding. Would I open up that dialogue of what could have been? Absolutely not. But I also probably wouldn't be going to the wedding of the person that I wish I was marrying. Right. So <laughs> well, you got more restraint than I do. I would just look at the groom like, where, where Eskimo brothers? 
But you can't... I mean, depending on the type of relationship, you might be able to open up that dialogue. Possibly. <laughs> possibly. I don't know. I don't want to know. I don't like having my weekend jacked and paying for that privilege. That's just me. <laughs> no wedding for you. <laughs> what I don't mind, however, is seeing a big one-eyed monster get stabbed by a light pole in a fucking Disney movie. That yes. I really enjoyed. Yes, it it was. (laughs) There was just so much that they just opened up with the like just the visuals alone now, because not only do you have the light pole going through, you know, this weird octopus one-eyed deadite, for like like you said. Later on, you see uh, Wanda or Scarlet Witch, I should say crawling through that uh, reflective gong and just like you know contorting in all sorts of weird deadite sorts of ways and you haven't like if you've made it that far into the movie what else are you gonna do but sit there and like watch it and it's not even just the horror visuals too like going back to america did I'm not going to be like, oh, Disney, yay, they're doing queer stuff, and everything is better and, and, you know, fantastic now. But it is comforting to see that in a very organic way, they are being shown queer relationships. And that could also just be me being, you know, um, somebody that's getting sentimental because I didn't have that in my youth. And I'm looking at the youngins running around now, and they're just out there being themselves now for um you know most part and you're like how did this happen where did this come from and then you sit down and see dr strange too and you see you know just two lesbian mothers like totally normal and you're like that's where it's coming from so that's also nice to see it's not always just about the you know the grotesque horror side of things like there is a gentle touch to the darkness (laughs) speaking as a long in the tooth uh motherfucker um sometimes encountering lgbt people uh would be a surprise just because uh uh the people in my family weren't out yet uh mm-hmm. you know the people that anybody that was uh gay in my catholic school they certainly weren't advertising it so then when i encounter it it takes that moment of huh oh okay it's a very short moment to, a very short curb even to just you know step up on uh, and, and and get to a little bit higher level of acceptance. But if you portray it in my mind as natural as the sun rising in the east, great. That makes it less of a big fucking deal. It's 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 whatever. And I, I think that is a really healthy way uh, to be inclusive and intersectional. I admit. Uh, Old as I am, I the terminology evolves way faster than I can keep up with. But you know, I'm trying, and I like to think my heart's in the right place. So if I fuck up, somebody you know, put me in line, correct me. It's the only way I'll learn. We're we're not gonna get out like a taser or anything. We're just, <laughs> it's not like we're not gonna like Hunter S. Thompson you. <laughs> Just a gentle tug on my earlobe, like my grandmother would do when I was misbehaving. Okay. <laughs> it's like chill. The chill. loving, the loving nudge. The lo- loving little tug, like all right, all right, all right I, I fucked up. <laughs> Message received. 
that word doesn't mean what I th what I thought it meant, uh, or it's a new word. Uh, pronouns fuck me up because I'm a stickler for grammar, but I I, I try to respect everybody when they're talking. <laughs> but yes, you mentioned the the, the Hall of Mirrors uh, with the attack on uh, uh, Camertage, I believe it's called, and and it being creepy. And what I loved is the typical Sam Raimi diagonal camera angles, which you'll sometimes see in the frames of comic books and Scarlet Witch uh, being very Deadite-ish, coming through, looking to get America Chavez. I like the idea that there's probably some kids in the audience getting very scared by this. Uh, his parents are like, okay, we're going to take them to see the next Marvel movie, and now they're frightened. Because the flip side of that coin is this will be the gateway for other kids to get in to horror. If this is the first quote unquote horror movie they're seeing in their life, once they get a little bit older, they might explore Sam's other works or just fall down that rabbit hole into creepy witch business. Uh, speaking from experience, there's no such thing as too much horror business. It, it's true. And that I think it is going to kick off a whole new generation of, you know, future horror, both fans and creators, because the next thing is if you have that one kid who sees this movie and becomes absolutely in love with it, they're going to look up every single aspect of the production of it. So it's going to be inevitable that they're going to look up what else has Sam Raimi done, which is inevitably going to lead to like Bruce Campbell. Like it's just like one of those progression steps. So it really is, it's nice to also see that it is becoming a little bit more accessible because it wasn't so extra because I feel a lot of people always associate the horror movies with grotesque amounts of gore, which people give me side eye when I say there is such a thing as tasteful gore. Like there are some movies where you just look at it and you're like, all right, I get it. That's just like, that's a lot. Like that's excessive. But this all of it had a purpose. It wasn't just like, and now we're going to slash this guy's head off and the head is going to projectile into a wood chipper. And then the fragments of skull are going to shrapnel across the back wall where the girlfriend is going to scream and like all that stuff. The, all the gore, all the, you know, violence from, you know, let's call it what it is here. It had a point, it had a purpose, not only for visual sake, but also for storyline sake, which is really what is an important part of true horror, in my mind at least. Not that I know very much at this point. <laughs> I agree. The visuals of this movie, the bouncing around between universes, that little montage where uh, Strange and America are like just floating through different universes every couple of seconds like their water their paint their weirdo cubes they're on like this plant planet and then they end up uh on the same universe of the illuminati and you brought up bruce campbell as pizza papa it's really not uh quite the same without a bruce campbell cameo and then as 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 the wink to us long in the tooth motherfuckers uh, who were in the theater. Now he gets beat up by his own hand. We've seen it before, <laughs> but never in this context. It, 
I also just love the fact that you know that part of it is just Sam Raimi fucking with Bruce Campbell because that's what he does just consistently. <laughs> also, I forgot um, his name in the movie and I was like, oh God, what was it? I was talking with people and I was like, pizza, pizza daddy? <laughs> is he pizza daddy? And they're like, please never say those words ever again. <laughs> He's Pizza Papa, Pizza Daddy. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure, a whole different I'm level. Sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure Bruce Campbell has been somebody's Pizza Daddy at some point in his life. And and you want to know what Pizza Daddy gets his marinara. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, because in the movie too, when I rewatched it, he was like, nobody steals from Pizza Papa. Pizza Papa always gets paid. I'm like, oh God, no, why? <laughs> I was like, somebody took those words out of their brain and put it on a page and someone uh -huh. read it and said, ah, yes, this is good to say out loud. <laughs> uh -huh. Pizza Daddy gets the such crust might be a little too inappropriate for younger viewers. Pizza Papa always gets paid. There's a lot of alliteration there. That that I think that's okay for, for the kids to say. Pizza Daddy gets stuff for us. That's let your imagination go where it will. But also to be fair, I forgot the name for um Tim Hortons once and I called it Jim Donuts. So <laughs> I'm always like kind of in the same book, just never in the right chapter. <laughs> Jim Donuts may be like the uh, dysfunctional American equivalent of Tim Hortons. <laughs> just fine. I don't want. I don't want to go off on a donut tangent because I feel it pulling me, and like that's not this podcast. <laughs> if somebody's Sorry. got a donut podcast, I'll talk about how bitchly. New York donuts are. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, so yeah, before we get into to meeting the Illuminati, I am not a Disney expert, uh, but I remember a lot of movies in my youth having to do uh, with, with everybody had a wicked stepmother. So I did like that this kind of paid a homage to that. Because Rami showed that there are some similarities with Dead Eye in the Basement and uh, the Wicked Queen uh, in Snow White. So, like this, bringing that back, it's like, all right, let's let's take it back to our roots, where you know there 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 is a dysfunctional mother in this, and and I liked it because it did speak volumes to me that Wanda believes she's in the right. Uh, she calls Strange a hypocrite for doing a lot of the things and making the same decisions that she would make and that she is attempting to make. Uh, but, you know, she's vilified for it. And, and you can weigh that, you know, she's doing it for her own purposes as opposed to the good of the universe. But it, it, it's, a, it, it, it's not far off if you really think about it in that they're both fucking with reality in their own kind of way. Um, so I, I like that about a villain, a villain that I can kind of look at and go, 
mm, I see it. I see where they're coming from. Or if they're just so charismatic that you want them to win. <laughs> it. So this is where they got a little bit more DC, I feel like, with Wanda and Scarlet Witch, is that you... Speak on it! Speak like, on it, nerd! I'm a nerd, and um, you just look at her, and you're just like, wow, look at that. It's the product of your own decisions and actions coming to bite you in the ass. Like, the epitome of you create your own villain. Because realistically, if you go back to Endgame, everybody was so distraught over the loss of Iron Man that no one thought to say, hey... Wanda's over in the corner. She just had to kill her, the love of her life. He came back and then she watched him get murdered. And she had to, like, and she's a super powerful being with no support group, no one giving a shit about what she sacrificed, which to her, she sacrificed her whole world. Her whole world was vision. And that poof. And that didn't blip back. That didn't come back once, you know, they snapped. If anybody had just given a single look at Wanda, none of this would have happened. Real, like I mean, I can't say that because I mean, you know, butterfly effect, and it's a fictional universe. But real, but if she, what did Wanda really want? This is like the way that you look at Darth Vader. Just wanted to be with his son and rule the universe. Does that make him such a bad guy, or does it just make him be want to be a supportive and good father? You look at this, what is Wanda really after? She wants a family. Her family was stolen from her. Nobody seems to care. Everybody else is getting praised and getting supported and attention for the same things that she did. So she has all the loss without the benefit that everyone else is getting. She is trying to get that benefit. And nobody's helping her. She also says multiple times... I don't like lying. The magic is easy. It's the lying that's hard. So deep down, she knows that she really shouldn't be doing this. But how else is she going to get not only what she wants, but what she needs? Um, I agree <laughs> fully. You got some great points there. Uh, but again, as, a, as an old bastard, I got history there. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying what she did was right. It's not saying, like, this is not, like, a justifiable thing. It's just you look at it at the chain of events, and you're like, and looking back on this, what could we have done differently? Like, how is this a growing experience? And how do we not have people imploding temples on themselves in, like, a really grandiose fashion? That, that, that is grandiose. No, um, when I started getting into comics at about 10 years old, uh, I'd go to my local comic book store, three doors down from a crack house, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> and there was a Vision and the Scarlet Witch miniseries. And in it, Vision and Scarlet Witch get married, and they have two kids. And I'm 10 years old. So I'm saying this and thinking this to myself in 10-year-old language, uh, which is robots can't have babies. Uh, looking at it now, uh, 46 years old, I can just be... Uh, crass about it, like robots don't have jizz. So <laughs> the fact that, and it gets addressed later that she used her power, she created the kids. They're not fucking real. Uh, she was subconsciously manipulating everybody around her to believe that these kids and this love affair is real. So I would have put Wanda Maximoff on the pay no mind list ever since. Um, 
because I would be one of those people grieving my lost uh, Avenger friend and going, that motherfucker was a toaster. Yeah, it was your toaster. <laughs> to use the Battlestar Galactica references. But, you know, he's, he's a fucking appliance. Yes, the emotional... Co- and I loved WandaVision. I loved that exploration of grief in a series. Um, I thought it was great, fantastic, essential. I like when they take those old stories uh, and present them uh, in a modern and certainly more sophisticated method for a broader mind. Because, you know, back when when I first thought to myself, robots don't have kids, not for me. That would be a great title for a book. Like, I just, I don't know what it's about, but I want to read it. Like... (laughs) I'll work on it. (laughs) (laughs) The comics being written for kids and the success of Susan Storm uh, giving birth in the Fantastic Four. Yeah, crank out another one. It makes sense, but not in this case. But, you know, it happened. It's part of the history. Someone has to address later on, decades later, robots don't have gistles. So uh, is is this the Marvel Universe uh, extreme Sam Raimi Army of Darkness version of Lars and the Real Girl? Kind of, sort of. And that's probably <laughs> the only thing that puts me firmly on Doctor Strange's side. Like, no, th- th- this is not real. Even though it's another universe, it ain't your universe. Uh, Keep your fancy headgear and like, you know, go, go. I mean, I'm used to comic book Hawkeye being a slut, not so much in the movies, but you know, (laughs) like there's, there's there's other uh, uh, super hunky boys uh, to go out there. They may not be as cold and and metallic as you're used to, but you know, Hey, it, it is what it is. I'm also used to, you know, comic book, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver being a little bit weird in their relationship, but we can tie that into Star Wars if you want, and then I'll get bored. <laughs> yes! I have no time for an incest uh, space <laughs> Where That is not what this podcast is about. There's other podcasts for that. <laughs> Sorry, my rabbit is being a pain, and she's scratching her cage. That's okay. Cause... We we, we, we love the furry, the furry creatures here on the Spooky Doings podcast. Uh, Chelsea's cat has frequently been our engineer. So if your rabbit, whose name I do not know, can adjust some sound levels, I'm all for it. So her name is, and um, this is ironic, her name is Truly Scrumptious. Mm-hmm. Um, after the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang character, but also she, like, people, I've as someone who's had rabbits in the past, everyone's first thing is, oh, when are you going to eat it? So this is kind of my weird, dark, ironic way of being like, because <laughs> I'm messed up in the head. Um, and we also have um, my, uh, one of my cats, the Princess Oreo Fluferton, uh, Duchess of Orange and Rockland Counties. That's a mouthful. Now, is it like a tribe called Quest where you have to say the whole thing? I mean, technically, her name is Oreo, but that's her full title. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. So you, so you're permitted to shorten. That's important. Well, because we um we adopted her, and she came with the name Oreo, and we didn't want to change it. But she is 
a Norwegian forest cat. So she's one of those Viking cats with like the really bright eyes and the long fur. And she kind of looks like a mini lion, um, like a really fluffy one. So we were like, she's a dainty little princess and we have to name her something very princess-like and very dainty. Something and that's what... regal, something befitting her stature. Well, because like she sits there and she like puffs out her chest and she like looks over everything and she judges. Um, and But she is very affectionate. Hi, baby a, girl. A judgy feline? You don't say. <laughs> I'll send you I'll have to send you pictures of her she's very she's very cute she's very pretty and most times dainty except when she does things like eat her own you know hairball please um. <laughs> and to all our listeners that have cats I want to befriend your cat I want to see pictures of your cat doing cat things even if they're just being a surly bitch I want to see it um, but, but speaking of royalty speaking of royalty and long names that's where we meet the Illuminati and uh, Black Star Boltagon, aka Black Bolt. <laughs> she don't talk much, but it, it's. I didn't watch the Inhuman series, but I liked seeing Black Bolt. I enjoyed uh, seeing uh, this universe's Captain Marvel, uh, which is great. And uh, I, I'm vamping as I try to scroll down IMDb, which is being a bitch right now, uh, to get the name of the lady that uh played captain marvel that continued vamping was also great to see she was, she was uh, badass yes uh reed richards of course uh that uh there were again mm -hmm. there were rumors going on out there about uh john krasinski playing reed richards oh yeah lashana lynch played captain marvel thanks internet um and again, another thing where it's probably like, eh, he might not be the person there, and then it shows up. So I love that misinformation portion thing. I love seeing uh, Captain Carter, old Peggy showing up, Haley Atwell yes. playing that, spawning off of the animated What If episode. And then here comes old Patrick Stewart himself. Which is also familiar. Mm-hmm. You know, again, a little bit different from the comic books, but the point is there. These are the big, high-thinking, muckety-mucks uh, kind of making decisions for the Marvel Universe that maybe some of the others don't know about. Uh, in the comics, they hid the Infinity Stones all over the place because they knew, like, hey, none of us should have this power um going back to our discussion about weddings uh there's actually one issue uh where they talk about their failed relationships um and namor just looks reed richards right in the face uh where he's like i've asked your wife to leave you she just won't <laughs> <laughs> so may maybe that'll get addressed in a, in a future movie um, I can dream. I, I could. I mean, you know what? It, it really is a possibility now because they are willing to go to those types of places in Marvel, aka Disney movies now, or at least in a blatant way, I should say. So, what did you think of uh, the Illuminati? So I'm not going to lie to you. I forgot that the Illuminati was within the Marvel Universe. So the first time I heard Illuminati, I was just like, oh, come on. And then I remembered and I was like, okay. First thought is what you're trained to think. Second thought is what it says about you. 
So once I got past the cringe, um, it was really interesting to see. They all. Oh, I love the juxtaposition of how they had Doctor Strange basically on trial saying, your Doctor Strange is arrogant. This one is arrogant. All Stranges are the same with their arrogance. And he's saying, you don't understand. You don't get this. And then they all just get murdered by their own powers, essentially. That's what happened, which I thought was just such, I mean, it was befitting in a way. It was one of those things that really just reinforced the product of your own decisions type of things that happens throughout the multiverse showing that one step has an effect you know a ripple effect all throughout um what i really um found interesting was when um oh my god brain fart the one who he doesn't talk octavian um uh, that's black vault black vault thank you i was just like um when they go, he will, you know, wipe you out with one whisper. And she goes, he opens his mouth and she goes, what mouth? And then he screams in his head. Uh, that was my favorite kill until my favorite kill. Um, because What's again, your favorite kill? Well, I need well, to know your favorite kill. We're, we're going to get to that. And what I liked about that scene is the men get taken out immediately. Like with, without breaking a sweat. The, the 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 males fall by the wayside. Reed Richards fucking dissolves in like gooey, spaghetti, chewy, completely. Like. Um, and then it's down to the ladies to be badass and 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 have their uh, their their full on double X chromosome lady fight, which 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 I love that. Uh, you know, Captain Carter getting bisected. Uh, Captain Marvel getting squished. Okay. And then, you know, we hit, we got Professor X. And, you know, like I said, Black Bolt was my favorite kill until that jump scare of Scarlet Witch coming out of the dark and just snapping his fucking neck. And I'm like, that's, that's Sam Raimi to me. That is beautiful. And, uh, you know, just going off on another tangent because it popped in my head. It's not his first comic book kind of movie dark man was a comic book movie for a character without a comic book before comic book movies were cool so he's wanted to get into this world for a bit now that he can do it and can do it so beautifully and has the armored truck of a budget brought up to him like all right have at it in this green screen prison go fucking buck wild it, it's a beautiful thing so that kind of thing. I, I hope that scared some kids too and makes some other go, yeah, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> I, I just, I really sat there throughout this movie and I thought to myself, I would see things to be like, oh, he had fun with that. Oh, he loved that. Like this whole thing, he must have felt like a kid in a candy store. Like, <laughs> like I can just imagine him sitting there being like, yeah! <laughs> like the way like Dr. X, like even the way she just comes out of the darkness with like, those eyes and the fingers and the nails and just like, like, oh my God, I was, I was so happy for him. Like, I was like, good for you, Sam Raimi. And then of course that leads into the underground scene where they're in the sewers, which I think that might be my favorite scene in the movie. I think yeah. that might be. It's a good tense chase because you, you gotta get, there, there's so many horror films where people are getting subterranean 
to try to get away from from the antagonist that pursues them. And and it is so wonderfully done and wonderfully tense. And like, you know, what can we do to buy us time? We're not gonna win here. We just need to buy some time and get the dark hold and do our thing, uh, which ends up leading it to, again, something you normally wouldn't think they'd get to uh, in the MCU. The Marvel zombies aspect of the Marvel comics. Um, I didn't read all of them. It was done by Robert Kirkman. My guess is after the success of The Walking Dead, Marvel just threw some money at him and he created the Marvel <laughs> zombies. Uh, can't blame him. Can't blame him. You know, you strike while the iron is hot to see that in a film. And that's when things get their most uh, evil deadish, except for uh, the cameo of Sam Raimi's yellow Chevy Nova uh, floating in the universe. Those rates surrounding Zombie Strange, that that's as rainy as you get. That's that straight out of Army of Darkness in it's, a wonderful way. Like it was like what was great about that scene too is how much it reinforced how far Wanda Scarlet Witch had fallen because all she kept saying was, I'm not a monster. And then you see her chasing them through the sewer and she has that classic zombie run walk where it's like, she can't go super fast, but she somehow has stamina. And you just know, like, no matter how far you get, somehow she's always the same pace behind you, which is somehow worse than somebody who can catch you. Because do you have the endurance of this whatever the whatever she is? And it was like in the, that wraith scene with the damned soul, I was bouncing up and down. Like, I was, I was so, I was so happy with that because not like only visually stunning but also because it was so army of darkness i was like yeah this is what the marvel universe needs not only the horror not only the gore but also like that dark fun because that's really what it is when he swings them around and uses them like a cape that's just fun like <laughs> that's just let me take my dark souls of the damned and whip them on real quick <laughs> And a good time was had by all, not really. But, you know, we had fun while doing it. <laughs> Every girl's crazy about a sharp-dressed man. Um, <laughs> speaking of fun, uh, and, and we've neglected to talk about him, but, you know, we, the show ain't over. We're going to get to him. Wong as the Sorcerer Supreme. I love Wong. I, I love, love what they do in the movies with Wong because in the comics, Wong is Strange's manservant doesn't quite work in uh, 2022 by any means. Um, but to have him as a teacher, mentor, equal, who's not putting up with Dr. Strange's shit uh, mm -hmm. makes a lot more sense than what Stanley and, uh, and uh, Steve Ditko came up with back in the day. All respect due to those uh, deceased legends. Um, but, you know, some shit's got to get updated. Uh, and so I love Benedict Wong's portrayal of Wong. I love his uh, sassiness. I love that he fucks 
with Doctor Strange because um, that makes it cool. So this delving into a different genre of horror and Shang-Chi uh, being a kung fu movie, not quite in the Shaw Brothers style that I like, but, you know, good enough for the Marvel Universe, um, also works. Uh, I did love that Shang-Chi brought back my favorite character, in my opinion, the greatest character of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Trevor, as portrayed by Ben Kingsley. <laughs> I know that's going to piss off some nerds. And you know what? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Do You have the freedom. You have the power. Speak your truth. Exactly. Trevor, I, he's an actor. It's great. <laughs> we love him. Good for Trevor. Good for us. Good for Trevor. Any thoughts and, on Wong, Ari? I do. I do love. I love Wong also, just because he is, like you said, willing to put Strange in his place. And it is more fitting overall too to have him as the Sorcerer Supreme because let's be real here. Stephen Strange blipped out for a while. Not his fault, but what are they supposed to do? He's, you know, not the literal master of the universe. Someone had to step up, and he was the right person to do it because he also has, frankly, more experience than <laughs> Stephen Strange in these arts. Stephen just happens to be, you know, have a talent, I guess. I, I That's not probably not the right way of putting it. This is going on. I'm probably going down a rabbit hole here as my rabbit digs at my carpet. Um, so can we pause for a second um, and edit this out because she's literally eating my carpet. Um, and that's why I had to get up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to edit, so that'll just stay in there. But if your <laughs> rabbit is good, then I'm good. And we're good. She, and, I mean, and, and it's she, all she just can't eat the carpet like that. Like, that's not cool. I can't, yeah. like, like you, you might be a sound engineer, but you don't have that privilege. Mm-hmm. Carpet is not delicious. We'll 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 talk about that in the next production meeting and your work performance. I mean, I don't know where Ari lives. I don't know if her uh, <laughs> carpet is delicious. Did you get the carpet from Pizza Papa? No. <laughs> no, I don't know where this carpet came from. Okay, because if the carpet here when we got here, which is kind of more concerning, but either which way, I uh, this is probably made out of polyester, which is probably not nutritious. I don't know about how delicious doesn't seem to suit my taste. However, Miss Truly very much enjoys eating the carpet. I, I never met polyester papa, nor do I want to. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the Scarlet Witch gets the dark hold. It looks like she's got it all figured out. Uh, she's going to switch the universe to her liking. Um, and then uh, America figures out her powers. Starts punching Wanda in the face. And a lot of times, a lot of your problems can be solved by just never stopping to punch somebody in the face. Just always be punching. It'll hurt your hand. I'm getting old. But anyway, so in the great thing, she just bloops her back to where the boys are in the body that she hijacked. She's got young Tommy and Billy Maximoff there. And they recognize someone that's kind of like their mom being monstrous they come to the, the defense of their real mom like like boys do um and wanda realizes it's all fucking futile uh she's become the monster that she didn't want to become and 
and her plan is fucked from there. So, <laughs> what what you think of that ending? Um, I mean, I thought it was the I thought it was the perfect ending. I thought it was a very fitting ending, especially to you. You see, Scarlet Witch bully that version of you know Wanda into the umpteenth extreme. Like, even from the get-go where you see her um, dream walk into that universe and into that Wanda's body, she psychologically messes with her. Like, that's a dark scene. And she really just punishes that body. And you're sitting there being like, wait, you're doing this to yourself, but it's not you, but it's actually you. So it felt like a really great metaphor for how sometimes we are our own worst enemy. It's really, that's really what it came down to because she looked at, she was so desperate to get what she wanted to be her boys that she didn't realize that she already had them. It was like what Wong said, isn't it comfort enough to know that somewhere in the universe, not only do they exist, but you are taking care of them. There is a version of you that has this idyllic life. And she was just like, no. And so she storms in there. And messes everything up and is really confronted with, you know, the consequences of her actions on that. And then I the, the callback when she is in the, um, I think she calls it a throne, I call it a temple, I don't know what the te uh, proper terminology is, probably throne, and says, this isn't a tomb, it's a throne, only for one of the final scenes in the movie for it to actually become her tomb. Because this whole big throne that she's built up collapses in on itself so it's really nice seeing like not only the visual dynamics of her literally fighting with herself but also having it tie up in that nice complete way where it's almost like a moral to the story like this almost was that kind of classic in a weird grotesque way Aesop fable type of situation don't try too hard to get what you want because you will fuck yourself like <laughs> words we all can live by in a roundabout kind of way. <laughs> when Marvel goes philosophical. <laughs> but Marvel, Marvel's going Marvel. So, you know, with villainous vanquish, we have to have our little epilogue and see where the characters are ending up because they're all, they're all coming back. We know they're coming back. So America is training and making sparklies. Uh, Doctor Strange is doing his thing and then an eye pops out of his head. Chucky Theron shows up in the mid credit scene to take him off to whatever's next. Uh, then you sit through the, the credits. Doctor Strange 3. <laughs> then, then, then you sit through the credits and you finally see Pizza Papa stops punching himself. So um, what's next? I would like to see a, a crossover with uh, Bubba Hotep. I know it's not a Sam Raimi film. But uh, it's my favorite Bruce Campbell performance because, you know, you take two things I like, Bruce Campbell and Elvis, put them together. That's that's chocolate and peanut butter right there. <laughs> so what do you hope is next uh, for Doctor Strange? And regardless of what you say, I'm going to invite you back to talk about it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um I'm excited for America Chavez's story. I'm like, I really adore her as a character has great potential especially too like it she has that thing it's she's the only one of her kind and now she has family out there in the multiverse 
but where are they? So it's like you have that nice hero's journey of her finding herself and her family and also discovering the multi-layers of the universe, which we get a glimpse in when her and Strange are flipping through like what you had mentioned with the paint universe and this universe and all that. So I'm excited to see what doors that opens up just because what else can you bring in? It's almost like throwing a wild card into the into the multiverse of madness. She is literal key to anything. I'll admit I've not read a lot of comics uh, with America Chavez. I've mostly uh, encountered her as kind of a an ancillary character in Kate Bishop, Hawkeye comics. So uh, maybe I'm about due. So uh, you know, I, I got a shift at Grasshopper's Comics coming up this weekend uh, when this episode posts. So you know, maybe I'll pick up something there if they got something. Why not educate myself? I like lady characters. I, I think I think Marvel needs more of them. And I'd like to address Marvel Comics directly. Um, the the female-driven titles that you keep canceling and relaunching, why do you cancel them? Just keep Black Widow going. Mockingbird was a great fucking title. Uh, Kelly Thompson writing Captain Marvel is fucking fantastic. Spider-Woman has been great. Uh, we don't need to end these titles, only to relaunch them a few months later. Just... Just keep them going. It's okay. We don't always need a new first issue. And uh, the the Miss Marvel comic, the Kamala Khan character, has been consistently fucking great. Uh, yes. And and I think uh, I think it's important to have uh, female driven books, uh, female driven characters, uh, especially when they're written by ladies. That helps too. I I concur, counselor. <laughs> Oh, she lawyered me. <laughs> <laughs> lawyered. Boom. Hey, uh, hey. No, it's, it, it counselor, really is. Counselor's new for me. It's usually plaintiff. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I thought it was defendant. Ah! <clears throat> oh, yeah. <laughs> that shows how much I know. Ob objection. <laughs> <laughs> objection, Your Honor. She's right. Um <laughs> I... Well, th another name for the show is Rick is wrong about everything. Yeah, usually defend it. Everything I learned about the law, I learned from Night Court. Um, <laughs> Could also watch Daredevil. Avocados at Law. <laughs> they, they, I, I worked on Daredevil, so does that count? Wait, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, was an extra in season two. If you know where to look, you can see me in a blurry, uh, all blurred out in the background of a prison with a prison jumpsuit on walking behind the kingpin. Um, and I did set dressing on season three, uh, hanging pictures above Karen Page's bed. So I did text my nerd friends. I'm like, yep, spending the morning in Karen Page's bed. How you doing? <laughs> Oh my god, that's that's so cool. <laughs> I wish people could. I wish there was video feed because the absolute shitting grin of satisfaction on your face just now was absolutely golden. This was an individual who is so distinctly proud <laughs> that it could be looked up in the dictionary as like the ideal photo of. <laughs> I maintain professionalism when I'm at work. However, it's the phrasing 
and the tone in the telling of the story that makes for the comedy. <laughs> Realistically speaking, the the way I, where I was instructed to hang these pictures above her bed, she would knock them off with her head every morning when she woke up. Realistically, it's ridiculous. However, as a nerd, I can say, yep, spent the morning in Karen Page's bed, <laughs> which is a hell of a thing. And Deborah Ann, well, I, I, I've been near her on set during The Punisher. Lovely lady. I respect her talents immensely. But I can make Karen Page jokes because, you know, I've read Daredevil, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they announced a whole bunch of shit at Comic-Con this week. And I'll be honest, I'm going to end up watching them. But after the past two and a half years, I'm incapable of getting excited for something that far out a lot of the time. I can't really look beyond a week in advance. So to get excited about something that might come out in 2024 or even 2025, I can't get my hopes up because it seems to me like everything on this planet is actively trying to prevent me from reaching 2025. So <laughs> you can do it. I believe in you. You will make it. Okay, tell that to Rona. Um, listen here, Rona, and you listen real good. You are going to leave my friend Rick alone. You got that? You're going to leave him alone. We're going to get him to 2025. Or else you have to deal with me. How's Thank that? You. Thank you, you're Counselor. You're <laughs> Ari is an advocate, and I appreciate that. <laughs> like we will have a good time and that is a threat <laughs> it's not it's not a good thing when i end up speechless on my fucking podcast so we're just gonna go back into autopilot and say all right where can the people find you if they want to find you um, if they want to find me, um, please do because I'm so lost. Um, <laughs> um, I'm legally underscore punk on Instagram. Um, I also have the book of faces, although I don't um, go on there as much, and it's Ari Spence on there. And that's kind of, um, I do have a project that's still very close to me that I don't work on as often anymore, but I still um, go up there and I. Um, help out, which is the Pine Bush UFO and Paranormal Museum. Um, you can find that on Facebook and Instagram as Pine Bush Museum. Uh, go learn all about UFOs, aliens, cryptids, and other paranormal going on in the Hudson Valley and New England area. Um, my friend uh, Lance Hallowell over there is the director, and he has done a phenomenal job um, of curating the museum. That's right. You can check out Spooky Doings on Instagram, Spooky Doings Improv on Facebook. Uh, we're looking for a new venue. We hope to be performing soon. Uh, I'm at Rick Guzman 718 on Twitter. And uh, yeah, so, all right. Thank you so much for being on the show, for being our Thank guest you, host. And, and we're going to have you back uh, shortly to talk about something else, but we're going to keep that under wraps for the moment. Shh. It's a secret, just like Disney.
Yes. Except, <laughs> except I'll, I'll never lie to my audience. I'll just say, I ain't telling them, which I feel is a better way of handling things. I realized I didn't have to lie as much when I didn't have to come up for excuses why I didn't do my homework when the answer was I didn't want to. That's well, very yeah, yeah, you get it. You, you, you understand. You did the thing. You sustained. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you. I appreciate your laughter. Uh, but for all of our listeners, thank you for being patient with us during our unplanned hiatus. Uh, we're going to try to get back to a somewhat regular schedule, uh, guest hosts permitting and work and life permitting. Uh, But to everybody out there, uh, again, we thank you. Stay good, stay healthy, stay spooky. Until next time, and I don't have the music queued up to end this thing, so I'm going to boop it now because clearly uh, I miss Chelsea. Uh, I need her for such technological things to make it sound like we're remotely professional and I know what I'm doing. Cause we are professional. We just never said professional what? Can't get much better than that. All right. Till next time. Nah.